Wagner Labs, and it's going to be a very exciting episode because we're going to talk about NFT trading and how you as an individual from anywhere in the world with a computer can also start your NFT trading activities and make some profit at home. And today, um, I'm going to drill down uh, to a lot of detailed questions from Atia because he's, even though he's a pretty young entrepreneur, but he's very experienced with NFTs and NFT trading, and he developed his own platform to help NFT traders save time and make more profits. So let me start with uh, the first question. So welcome to this show, uh, Hello, Yazi. Matia. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, for those who do not know who you are, would you mind introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, your entrepreneurial journey in the past, and what do you do now? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, my name is Mattia. I'm from Italy. I'm 20 years old, and um, currently I am developing my software startup in the NFT space, in the Web3 space. Um, I'm a, um, an NFT trader. And I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was about 16 with a mopeds part business, um, as some people may have heard from other uh, interviews or spaces. Um, and yeah, basically then um, after that business kind of went downhill um, for a series of reasons, I started to um, look for other ways, you know, to, to make business and, and to continue this journey instead of going on to a traditional corporate um, job. Um, and so I kind of started exploring everything I could do. I studied a lot of different things and then I found out about crypto in January 2021. I started learning about crypto, um, watching a bunch of videos, and then I started crypto trading. And shortly after that, I found out about NFTs. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, I started buying them. Um, I practically bought the top on a bunch of stuff leading um, to the end, towards the end of the um, summer 2021 until September, more or less, NFT bull run. Um, and after that, I was basically motivated to make all my money back that I had lost and so I started learning as much as I could and I started trading to make my way up developing a series of different strategies and techniques um, you know to to better my trading and to um, lower the risks overall and so yeah I started trading and then I, I did pretty well in the in the next months and so um, yeah and then basically in about March uh, my brother um, who was trading NFTs as well with me, one day came up with a tool that could help us in our NFT trading. Um, it was a custom coded tool that he built uh, by himself and he showed it to me and it was very, very useful. And I thought, why not make like a software startup company out of this and start building other tools as well that could benefit NFT traders all around the globe. And so basically that's how uh, Wagmi Lab started. And we started building actually what is our main product, which is a trading hub. Um, I guess we'll talk about that later. Um, and then, yeah, basically we uh, we put together the company and um, and yeah, and here we are today. Yeah. And I want to highlight that this is not your, actually this is not, not your first company. You mentioned that you started this Moped uh, moto for motorbikes, right? The parts for motorbikes uh, when you were 16. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that business. How did it go? And uh, what did you, you know, to whom you are selling and what area, what aspects of the business that you have to uh, take care of back then? Sure. So basically the, um, the business started from a passion in um, like uh, engine engines and motorbikes and racing 
And so I was basically um, buying parts online for myself, for my bikes, for my mopeds uh, to fix them and stuff. And then I practically found, like realized that I could, um, that there were margin on, on, on the pieces if I bought many in bulk. And so first of all, I started doing this to basically get free pieces for myself. So I would buy big stocks and then sell some and then keep the rest. And they were basically free for myself. And then I realized I could, I could do this um, at a higher scale and actually make a, a business out of it. And so I basically started buying big stocks of pieces um, of moped parts online. And um, they were usually like old stuff and dirty or, or to be fixed. And I would like clean them up, fix them all um, and sell them individually on online. Um, I use like local uh, local online selling, uh, apps, uh, as well as Facebook marketplace and a lot of Facebook groups. There were a lot of Facebook groups around Europe with people passionate about mopeds and it, it's all old stuff like Piaggio, Chao, Vespa, this stuff. Um, and so I started basically selling around Europe, Sweden, France, um, well, Italy as well. Um, what else? Denmark, uh, Holland there's so many places where in Europe where where they are fans of these pieces and these mopeds but they just don't have them because they're originally built um in Italy and it's all pieces th they're all pieces that are out of production out of stock um of course they're like dated between 1970 sometimes even 1960 and the year 2000 more or less and so basically what happened after that I was doing pretty well I was shipping tons of orders. I remember coming back from a holiday where um, I basically had ordered a massive stock, and in like my um, my my front porch, I had a stack of parcels. It was like ten massive parcels, and um, my neighbor, my old neighbor, had to had to get them for me. Um, anyways, it was fun times. And then what happened was basically um, they. I mean, these pieces are fundamentally scarce. Um, as I said, they're not in production anymore. So what happened was I, I kept finding less and less, um, the value went up and it was harder to be able to, to make profit. The margins were getting thinner and overall my suppliers started doing what I was doing as well. And so I didn't have anyone, um, to sell me this stuff anymore. And, and so it, it kind of went, uh, went to die out the business, unfortunately, yeah. And so, yeah, but from there I was like motivated to, to go on and try and try something else in the entrepreneurial world and not kind of like pursue the, the corporate way or, you know, um, standard traditional jobs. Um, so yeah, that's kind of then how I started my research in in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. And that's so funny. You mentioned about you started your first business, uh, you started as a passion or hobby age 16. And now age 20, you study another business, which is the NFT uh, platform, trading platform. And it all started as you yourself as an NFT trader. So maybe the way I see it is like, it's another hobby, it's an, not a hobby, but another passion, but you turn it into a business. Um, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. I mean, the things I've always found the most success in is like solving a real problem and something that is really useful to someone. Um, I also had a period in which I did e-commerce. I tried uh, a bunch of things, you know, in the e-commerce world. Drop shipping? Uh, I did try drop shipping as well. Um, but like, um, 
rather than the more traditional drop shipping side, I, I invested much more into the into the business. It, it was more a, like a serious business, but I was selling stuff like fundamentally that I thought you know was useful, but what actually was not. People did not have um, a pain point. To, like my pro- my my products did not solve um, any problem, and. And so, yeah, I mean, these, these businesses went bad. Um, I lost a bunch of money. I lost almost everything that I had made for my first moped business. Um, and so, yeah, but I, one thing I never did was give up. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I would have a follow-up question on this. I think many of the audience would have the same question is, you know, people at your age, maybe 16 to 20, they might be in high school, they might be in university. And how did you decide that you want to choose the path of becoming an entrepreneur and then, you know, one venture after another one after another one? I mean, it's not a thought that everyone has because I talk to my family as well and other people my age and many just have the thought to find a stable job they like and they're happy for the rest of their life. They just want one job and they want stability um, and they want to be able to, you know, not be fired and, and not, you know, have to leave and just have that for the rest of their lives get their weekend with a family and, and, you know, they're happy. So, um, I, I had a different thought. I didn't, I didn't really want to go that route. Um, I wasn't keen on the fact that I had to, uh, like work a whole life, you know, to, um, to basically look forward to, to the pension, um, when you're, you know, in your older age, um, and yeah, I, I just didn't seem that like a, a good option. I, I didn't like that. And I thought to myself, <clears throat> I mean, would I prefer risking everything trying? And I said, yes. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely prefer regretting, um, to have tried, um, an entrepreneurial venture that lost all my money than when I'm old regretting to, to have, to have tried or, or to have, yeah, um, yeah. taken these yeah. risks. I like the way how you approach this because when I was in my early 20s, I always asked myself, uh, would I regret if I have not done this? If I would regret, then I would definitely do that. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, and my fundamental question, yeah. I mean, and not everyone has a different like risk tolerance, but my fundamental question was always um, like, would I prefer the corporate job and getting to you know the standard way and getting to pension when I'm when I'm old and like enjoying my last I don't know 20 or 30 years hopefully of of life um on like a a set amount I get from the from the government or would I like prefer risk risking everything and maybe potentially end up on the streets but with you know at least the the um, you know the well having having tried having tried and then, you know, I always said to myself is, I mean, there's always a way to get back up. Yeah. And also for, you know, for people who are younger, you have more time later in life to get it back up. Yeah. So when you're older and if you don't try and take the risk, the older you get, the less risks you actually can take because you don't have time to get it back. Exactly. Not, um, not only the time as well, maybe, you know, someone watching this that's that's older maybe has a family kids it's yeah. it's always like a higher risk because yeah you're risking much more things that's why i said yeah i mean if i don't do it now um it's it's mm-hmm. going to be much harder to do it when i potentially have kids you know or someone <laughs> that i'm living with and yeah, yeah i mean it will affect you have their responsibilities lives well. exactly yeah exactly and so let's come back to this nft thing uh in the cu- past couple of years you know after the moped business you also tried e-commerce, dropshipping, 
and then you become an NFT trader. Like, how did you get into it? Where did you hear about it? Or tell us more about this experience. You know, you briefly talk about how you lose money, you make it back. But sure. um, yeah, tell us so a little I, bit more about that. First of all, um, I found out about crypto and I started learning about crypto. I when I when I got into crypto, I basically almost right away, like after a few months, found out about NFTs. It was March 2021, and you were starting to see the um, the first, you know, big videos going viral about NFTs on YouTube, about the $69 million sale by, by people um, and all of that stuff. And at the beginning, I was very skeptical. I thought this was all a fad um, and that it didn't have much use case. And I made an OpenSea account, but the prices seemed incredibly high on everything and it was also a period i believe in which gas was was pretty high and so i did just didn't find the sense in paying so much money in transaction fees just to buy an nft that was in my opinion in my view at that time fundamentally useless and so um i kind of got away from nfts at that time and kept with my kept on with with crypto and did some crypto trading i learned um uh, what's it called? Um, uh, technical analysis. Um, oh, where did yeah. you learn that? Like, how did you learn that? On YouTube, everything on YouTube. I've I've always learned the most of the most of the things I know on YouTube. YouTube is is amazing. It's like a a massive encyclopedia of everything. Um, yeah. Um, and then in uh, towards the end of the summer, twenty twenty one, um, I started getting back into NFTs. Um, I believe the word was spreading again. Um, and like, you know, I, I, I can't remember exactly where I'd heard of them again, but I decided to try. I was curious. And so I just got in. Um, I practically went to the OpenSea um, popular collections page and I bought everything that looked good, <laughs> um, which was obviously a, a huge mistake. Um, I, I bought with like no fundamental analysis whatsoever of what I was buying. I just bought what looked kind of cute um and but yeah. what propelled you to make that purchase decision you watch some youtube videos you think it's a you know your full mode or, or what happened then i don't know so definitely a big amount there was a big amount of fomo definitely um i'd started you know learning about nfts and i wanted to buy one and then when i first started to look at the collections i was looking at a few that were like popular or trending on OpenSea at the time and then I started seeing sales and price going up. And so FOMO hit and without, you know, thinking twice, I started buying a bunch of random stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I started buying out random. Um, and also I wanted to kind of change. I was I got kind of bored of crypto trading and I cashed out all my crypto accounts to, to go into NFTs. Um, I, I guess I just wanted like, I don't know, to feel something, a new, a new different type of asset to trade. I don't know. I like I like new things and trying new stuff out. Um so maybe that's that's one of the reasons. Um but yeah, that's basically what I did. And what what the, what what is it about NFT trading that interests you so much that you stick to it? Uh, I don't know. I can't explain it. I like trading in general. I mean, there are many things that you know that I like trading for and the many like positives and negatives a few of the positives are that well technically you can do it from a pc wherever you want in the world and i'm a um, i'm a big um fan of traveling and so it's something i can bring everywhere in the world wherever i go 
and keep doing it on on a holiday potentially you know anywhere um the only downside is that in nfts i've really found success trading nfts when i was like really locked in and 24 7 on discord twitter and just the marketplaces and tools checking out everything like constantly 24 7 from when i woke up to when i went to bed and and so yeah that's that's a big downside but i don't know um i don't know i guess that feeling of and and also i mean the the amounts of money you can make are are much more insane than than any other normal job or anything also the amount can of money you give you us can yeah can you give us some quantitative number that just for the audience to understand how much money can someone possibly make trading I mean, or possibly yeah sure so okay i think in the bear market um it is very very possible for someone to make an average um like salary between i don't know two and 5k a month it's it you know in, in a bear market if you have good strategies and techniques in the bear market because there are not that many opportunities and then in a bull market and things don't pump as hard so that's why i'm kind of staying conservative instead in bull markets and you know when the market sentiment is is much higher and things pump much much harder than i don't know you can make 10 20k you know sometimes you can make 20k in a day 30k in a day um there were tons of free mints in the past bull market i just remember one of them like ghostly ghosts um what's the other one um the the goblins i mean those went from free mint to to 10 eth but i mean in that case again it it depends on your strategy of trading um and and fundamentally um like your risk tolerance and also your um like rules you set for yourself personally as a trader i set myself a series of different rules um and one of them would i mean almost definitely if i had minted goblin town which i did not i i mean i would have most most likely not held until not even at one eth because my trading strategies do not um do not um like contemplate these these sort of super high risk um high reward um like uh yeah trades so basically i i tend to keep myself much more on the uh, low risk low reward um and so when i make profit i make less profits but it's much harder for me to lose so you'll see me losing much less than the amounts of times i win but when I win, I win, I win less. Um, I mean, it depends on your trading strategies and risk tolerances. I've always found more success trading this way. From occasionally, I may keep if I if I bought more NFTs, um, I may keep a few, like maybe one as a potential, you know, moon bag, how they call it, um, which is the NFT you're going to hold for a very long time in case it does something in it unexpected like goblin town did but i mean even even in that case how do you know exactly when you should sell i mean goblin town if you held your moon bag potentially i mean if you even if you minted three for example and then you sold one at 0.2 you sold one at 0.5 you sold one at one eth and then you hold sorry like four and then you held one as a moon bag I mean, the moon bag could have potentially been at selling it at two ETH as well because it's a crazy, crazy yeah. return. That yeah. if, if you ask a stock trader or a crypto trader, they will tell you this stuff is insane. It these are mm-hmm. returns that 
you don't expect in these markets. Like when I was trading mm -hmm. crypto, I was happy if I made 5%, 10% on a trade. Mm -hmm. And then for you, in your own case, you mentioned now you have your own set of rules, right? Uh, you lose less, but also you uh, maybe make less profit. But at the end of the day, you are making a bit more consistent economic. I want to ask, um, so how, what kind of like mistakes you made in the past to make to make you realize all the things that you should not be doing and you should be doing some typical mistakes just okay. to share with the audience yeah yeah so definitely one thing i tried to learn to handle um like from the beginning and as much as i could is emotions uh, i read a lot about emotional um like emotions in trading online and in youtube videos i have a book as well which is called like trader's mind and it talks about emotions um so to learn to like trade based on your emotions or not to trade based on like what you're feeling um so and like fundamentally every time i lost money i would ask myself why um why did i lose money um and if if like the first question, the first question you ask yourself does not answer in the best way, then you need to ask yourself why again. So there's a book that talks about the five whys as well, which is where you eventually get to um, like the real reason. So ask yourself why five times on, on a mistake you made and you will eventually get to the to the source most likely. And so I analysis, personal analysis um, was a thing that allowed me to develop my personal trading rules um and to make less mistakes so fundamentally um yeah i mean my suggestion is every mistake you make um can you hear me <laughs> yes i was just um, okay. i was about to ha have a follow-up question on what yeah, you sure. talk about um about emotions uh, it's very interesting because when it comes to any event in crypto trading or traditional assets, sometimes we are our biggest enemy. So maybe it, can you give us some concrete examples of how emotions can uh, can be your enemy in terms of when you are doing NFT trading? So just our audience understand it better, like in concrete examples. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a super common one is FOMO, which is fear of missing out when there's a collection that's pumping um, or maybe that, you know, um, it's something you had an eye on and it starts moving upwards. You didn't buy. And so you start feeling, yeah, the fear of missing out. You do not want to miss out on the potential profit. And so you maybe buy at a very high price. And then what happens is, you know, it just comes back down and and you lose money because you know you bought in um, in a non-rational state because you were just scared of missing out on a potential profit. Um, and so this is one example. Um, another example uh, can be um, like the emotion of, um, for example, when you're holding an NFT and it's doing well, um, you can start to get greedy. Um, greed is another emotion that's that's potentially negative um when holding an nft and not sell maybe when it when it um when it uh, like um goes up in price even even by a big chunk um and 
I mean, your, your personal emotions could tell you, um, like it can go up even more. Just keep holding it. Just keep holding it. It's, it's going to yeah. go even higher and then it just comes back down. Um, and so personally, I, I just don't listen to myself anymore. I don't listen to my emotions or if I do have some sort of feeling while I'm doing a trade, I use that kind of against myself and I kind of analyze why am I feeling this? What happened last time I had this emotion? Was it beneficial? Was it negative? Did I lose money? Did I make money? And how can I, um, how can I do, how can I use it to my advantage? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a few example of emotions. Um, yeah. And then for someone who wants to start to trade NFTs, they want to, you know, trade it in a way to um, inform themselves how to do it, right? Instead of losing a lot of money, just trying it out and making mistakes. Where should they start? I think someone starting out should definitely start on YouTube. Um, there are definitely uh, tons of videos online um, talking about trading, NFTs, they're going to most likely be a little maybe outdated as the market has changed a lot. But there are many like YouTubers still making trading videos uh, today that are up to date. Um, and so the, I would definitely start on YouTube, first of all. And then you want to, first of all, watch the markets um, every day. Um, start getting into discords, project discords, alpha groups, um, communities of traders. Uh, and connect with people on Twitter as well. You want to be an NFT Twitter um, and see what's going on, what's going on in these discords, what are people talking about, what's the sentiment. Um, and generally, you just want to study the market for a very long time before buying NFTs. Um, and then maybe, um, I didn't do this personally. I'm a very like um, person that like just tries um, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong, but I like trying on stuff, you know, on my own skin. Um, but personally I would try paper trading, uh, for a bit. So kind of, um, make yourself, I don't know, a fake account on a piece of paper, um, give yourself an X amount of Ethereum and just hype, like make hypothesis on, um, what you, what you would buy. Um, maybe why write down why, why you would buy that. Um, if it's for a long-term, short-term, mid-term. You always want to understand that too. If you're, if it's something you're going to hold for long term, short term, or mid term, um, you generally don't want to change um, what you set previously. This is another thing that can happen with emotions. Maybe you want to hold something for the short term. It has a small pump, and then your greed comes out, and then you say, "I'm going to hold it for more. I'm going to hold it for more. This is going to go to the moon in like a year. If I hold it for a year, imagine where it can go, and then it's just going to go nowhere, and it's going to round trip." up and then back down and that's um your fault because you didn't listen and you i mean you didn't follow what you said in the beginning which was you were going to hold it for the short term and um sell it x amount of profit um but yeah uh even if you paper trade you will never understand completely how trading works because it's um it's not your it's not real money and you're not really losing money. If you lose it, you're not really making profits if you do profit. And so you're never really going to um, learn from your emotions and have the emotions that a real trader would have when losing real money or, or making real money. So in the end, I guess you should start with a very small amount of, of Ethereum and then just try to build your way up 
um, following strategies you find on Twitter. There are plenty of threads talking about NFT trading from great people. Um, and yeah, like I said, great YouTube yeah. videos as well. And also Wagme Labs is going to it's going to release a video about different NFT trading strategies and uh, a few other videos that's the audience, you know, you can check it out. Um, I'm going to put in the website. Um, you this check out the social and also for Twitter, you can follow Wagme Labs, Wagme underscore Labs. And there you can get the latest information about the project. And then on top of that, if I'm interested in collecting pop uh, NFTs, if you are watching this episode replay live, you can also DM us at Promo and Scale and then to collect your pop. Um, so coming back to our interview, talking about trading strategies, can you just list out several typical NFT trading strategies for the audience? Yeah, sure. So a few trading strategies can be um, holding for the long term. So maybe buying projects you have big conviction in and that have a fundamentally um, solid um, project or product behind them. These personally are the only things I buy and hold for long term. Um, if there's a product behind um, or, or a business um, and generally I would like that the business or the the project has a way of making money other than the primary sale and the royalties so that they are stimulated and motivated to keep working on it. Um, I, I definitely don't want the founders leaving the project um, that, uh, that I have invested in for the long term. Um, other trading strategies can be um, short-term flipping, um, so like minting and flipping. Um, these mints are generally like mints that are um, either stealth mints or not hyped up mints that um, discords find, usually alpha traders, alpha communities, and just maybe show them on a discord and say, hey, I found this. I mean, looks looks promising. Um, and I mean, if the website is good um, and it, it seems to have a short-term value, um, then I would personally maybe uh, mint and um, hope to flip it for a profit, at least two or three X on the secondary market. Another strategy is whitelist minting, which is one of the most, um, which is one of the safest methods out there actually, um, because it consists in only like signing up for whitelists. Um, and so once you have the whitelist, you do not mint straight out the gate when the mint starts, but you wait until some people have already minted and there is volume on the secondary. If the secondary market price is, you know, has volume and it's higher than the mint price, then you go ahead and mint and then you can insta flip it on the secondary market. Unless of course it's something you want to hold for the for a longer term. Um, but yeah, this is why it's one of the safest strategies. Um, audio, oh, I'm just reading. Audio is a bit bad, Matt. Um, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah on my reading. side it's okay now, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll stay a bit closer to the microphone. Um, anyways, uh, what else? Um, other strategies can be scalp trading. So scalp trading is based on volume. Um, when a collection maybe starts to get many sales or a collection, a collection that's already sold out, usually, and that's on secondary market, um, if it has a lot of volume, it starts getting a lot of volume, maybe it goes in trending because it's following a certain meta or something similar. Um, and you basically find out early that it's starting to get volume and sales before everyone else does, 
and you and you buy in at a cheap price, um, you can maybe be able to profit um, and kind of ride the volume up um, and then sell sell on the way up or you know ideally at the top um yeah that's a that's kind of a what a scalp trade is um another trading strategy is swing trading um swing trading personally i do it i do swing trading personally with projects i believe in for the long term as well because it gives me much more security um and it keeps my risks lower and swing trading consists in um buying and holding for an set period of time um which is, is not really um it's it's variable it can be two weeks it can be a month it can be three months and swing trading consists in buying the swings like profiting out of the swings a collection has so when it comes back down maybe you buy back in and then you wait maybe two weeks a month two months three months um hopefully the collection comes back up and when it does you buy back in and then Maybe when the sentiment market sentiment goes down again, um, you can uh, you can buy back buy back in when when the price gets um, gets down again and gets lower. I personally do this several times, over and over again on the collections I I really have potential in. And personally, I mean I've seen it's a thing that works. It works pretty well um, because I mean even projects that have good fundamentals in a bear market they suffer. And so that's when I can get in at cheap prices. But in bull markets, I'm almost sure the projects that have, there's, you know, constantly active. The founders are there. They're not leaving. There's a good product behind. There's a, you know, um, good fundamental value. I'm almost sure that, that in an, a market uptrend, it's going to gain value again. And so that's when I sell. Um, yeah. So these are, these are a few strategies, like Yazi said, um, we'll be making um, a few videos about NFT trading as well, containing all the different strategies, types of traders, how to analyze the markets um, on our YouTube channel as well. So, yeah. And do you see similarities between crypto trading and NFT trading? Um, in terms of emotions, definitely. Um, when I was crypto trading, I, I basically wrote a ton of rules um, when I would lose money. I would write down why I lost money and I had like a book where I would analyze everything I did. And those rules were actually really helpful in NFT trading as well um, in terms of handling emotions, risk management. But apart from that, um, I don't know. Um, I think crypto trading is more, I guess it's more, it's more basic. Uh, to me, it's more long-term or short-term. I mean, you can either buy and hold for the long term and that's not trading that's just you know spot buying um, or investing you can have um, um, an accumulation plan and you know betting on the long term um, or you can just even not even believe in a crypto and um, just trade with USDT or USDC and you trade um, stablecoin pairs with like ethereum or, or Bitcoin or you know the coin you prefer the most and you just do technical analysis on whatever time frame you prefer. Some people do it on, on one minute. Some people do it on 30 seconds. Some people do it on four hours on the daily. Uh, yeah, I guess it kind of depends. It's not really the same as NFTs in my opinion, though. Yeah, and also I see there are a lot of there are more analysis in the crypto world and then in NFT in terms of NFT projects. The market is not so. 
I would say, competitive or transparent in a way. Um, so I guess there are more opportunities in the NFT trading side if you really know how to evaluate a project, how to control emotions, how to deploy different NFT strategies, like based on my assumption. Because the, the crypto side, you, you always have all the charts, all the analysis, all the volume, everything is already available. Yeah, so one thing, one thing that definitely uh, differentiates these markets is that the crypto market is liquid. Is 99% of the times liquid for almost every crypto, even shit coins, you can get um, at least a uh, million dollars a day in trading volumes. And so um, it's, it's very different. First of all, you can basically sell whenever you want and close positions whenever you want. On, in NFTs, it's a bit different. You need to have the other person on the other side buying. Um, and, you know, not all, it's not always, it doesn't always happen. Um, and so, first of all, it's, it's very different. It's, I think it's much more riskier as well. But you have the advantage, like you were saying, I think the advantage can come as well um, from the fact that there are not many institutional buyers on the NFT side. And it's more like PVP, so player versus player, unless people are using bots. Um, then, I mean, then it can get a little more competitive there. Um, but in the crypto side, there are many more institutions trading and like um, big groups of people like uh, trading and companies. And so, yeah, I think there's much more competition there as well. And as an individual trader, you can get wiped out much more easily. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, it's very different. Um, you kind of need mm -hmm. to analyze what, I guess maybe try try everything and, and see what works best for you. Okay. If you can summarize like three to five core characteristics of a successful, uh, good NFT traders, what mm. would you say? Okay. So first of all, uh, someone that can handle their emotions. This is a absolute first. Um, second, someone who knows how to research, analyze projects. Uh, three, someone that um, keeps their rationale in a bull market as well and in a bear market um, can keep their conviction and not abandon everything because many people came in the bull market with massive euphoria um, and then just left in the bear market and said, it's all dead. So, um, yeah, I think a good characteristic is staying faithful to what you think um, in both bear markets and bull markets. And one thing I've seen myself like successful also in this short um, uptrend we're seeing right now um, is the fact that I haven't shifted my view since the um, uh, bear market, um, like since we kind of started this um, small uptrend um, from, from when it was like, um, I don't know, September, October, November, and the, the volumes were really, really low. Um, yeah, both audio is weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dog. Yeah, um, maybe, I don't know if this streaming platform is good enough. Maybe we can explore my internet or my computer or something else next time. But I hope you guys can hear the majority bulk of the content well, if not replay or listen to our podcast. <laughs> This will be a podcast episode as well coming out this week. Mm. Okay, let me try maybe stay close to the mic. Okay. It may work better. Um, what else? Um, 
then you said five so these are three um the other two are a person that is uh, very open to learning and to um, connecting with other people and um understanding um like things that are going on in the market and opinions of others someone that is very open-minded and that doesn't um you know just have one vision and um you know stay stay fixed on their vision uh but also um to not be too um influenceable as well i guess because i've participated in many spaces during the spare market and there were ten tons of influencers and people saying it's all over no one's trading it's all gone to zero and it just wasn't true i mean i was like in my main trading group um that i've been following for like a year and a half everyone was making money in the bear market as well. Every day there was, there were many opportunities and, you know, it just isn't true. You have to learn to block out the noise. So yeah, I guess that would be the fifth thing. Someone who is good at blocking out noise, um, but opening their ears when, when there's something good coming their way and, and, and it's not noise. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to have your own critical thinking Yes, that exactly. when someone says something, right, you have to evaluate and question, oh, does it make sense to you? Not just, oh, I heard this project is good. Everybody's buying. Let me buy. Oh, I heard the market is not good. Let me get out. Um, you, you need to have your own judgment. Yeah. Um, my last question would be, uh, we talk about Wagme Labs. Now you are having this company, having this platform. Uh, what is coming? What is new for the audience to know? Sure. Um, okay, so our main product, um, yeah, like I said in the beginning, for those who missed it, um, um, I, I have a software startup uh, company with my brother and um, a few other teammates. Um, we're building, uh, we're building an all-in-one platform for NFT traders. So we're building a product that's based on our personal needs, um, and we've personally interviewed. Um, many different traders as well to understand what are their needs, what are their pain points and what tools are they missing in today's market. And what we did was aggregate every tool you can imagine on the market, put it into one platform, including marketplaces, including being able to sell, sweep, um, bots, analytics, charts, trending sections, minting, ranking, um, watch list, calendars, everything you can imagine, it's all in that platform. Um, news, and it's going to make your life so much more simpler as a trader. Personally, one of the things I hated the most uh, when I was trading was that I had to have um, like 20 different tabs open for all these different tools I wanted to use, and then OpenSea, and Magic Eden, Discord, Twitter, and it's, it's it becomes stressful after some time. And that was kind of one of the, the things I hated about trading. Um, and I think with our platform, we're, we're going to solve quite a bit of these issues. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be launching soon. All right. So I'm popping up the link again. So you can check out webmelabs.tools. Uh, or you can also follow webmelabs on Twitter. And there you will find more information about the tools they're developing, the platforms, and even the free tools that they're releasing. Um, exactly. Yeah, check out. Um, yeah, check out the YouTube channel. They will be releasing um, a few videos to help you learn about NFT trading. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Matt. Anything else you would like to, you know, leave it to the audience? Any last messages? 
yeah, I was just looking at the comments um, and I just wanted to um, mention a few comments that people wrote. So Crypto Avo says, flippers are generally not great for the community. Um, in general, yes, but it's not 100% true um, because flippers actually make up a lot of the initial volume that a collection has when coming out of secondary markets. So it can actually be very beneficial for the collection. Um, but generally, yeah, they also do tend to drive prices down um, because they will sell for even a small, small profit. Um, one thing I want to say is um, never shame anyone for uh, selling. Uh, please do not sell shame. I hate that. And you never know in which conditions um, someone is on the other side. Um, there's. Um... Can you repeat that? It was cut off. Okay, sure. Never sell shame. Yeah. I don't like sell shaming. Um, because you never know in which conditions the person on the other side is and you don't know their style of trading. So I, this is, we are in a free market um, and personally, I think everyone should do what they, what they feel like doing. Um, there's a lot of this conception of selling for McDonald's money. Um, if someone is selling for like a $30, $40 profit, but you never know someone like $40 could um, be someone's like a weekly living expenses in some part of the world. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, to put that out there, um, to not sell shame. It's not a thing I like. Um, and then there's another guy, um, Dickenza saying, can you imagine the emotion of someone who minted a BAYC and sold a point two? Um, yes. Um, that's, that's one of the risks I personally, um, face in my style of trading, which is to keep risks low. I, it could have been possible if I had minted Bake at 0 0.08, 0 0.07. I can't remember what the min price was. That I would have sold at 0.2. I've done this with many NFTs because it's like a 120%, which is crazy um, as a return and as a gain. And so, first of all, profits are profits. Uh, second, never cry on a profit you made because you still made money. Um, three, never cry on something you... Um, uh, you did and you could have potentially made more money on or um, it, it's gone, it's gone. And so it's it's worse to waste the time thinking about that and just, you know, keeping on thinking um, while, you know, on the other side, um, another person is already looking for the next opportunity. So there is literally no point in crying on yourself. Um, it will only um, take away opportunities uh, for you to, to find the next big thing, maybe when you're outside um yeah just angry that you sold bayc at point two when it's at a 80 ETH. um no. you could you have maybe emotions found yeah you could have maybe found the next you could have maybe found goblin town and minted 20 of those um so yeah i mean and also whatever happens to you i believe happens for a reason so if something happens it's because you didn't deserve it personally that's what i think if you sold Baker point two, it's because you didn't deserve the six figures that um, that it that it basically turned into. Um, so yeah, maybe learn on um, yeah. working more on yourself. Or you're not ready. Exactly. Or you're not or ready. You're not exactly. You're, you're not, not ready to handle yeah. that that amount of money. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's a total different um, topic <laughs> that would would take another two hours. Anyways, yeah. thank you for having me. Isn't it interesting that, you know, through trading, you learn more about yourself, you learn more about your emotions, and then in return, it helps you to become a better trader. And also it comes down to behavioral finance, psychologies, 
human behaviors. I, I find this very interesting. Yes, it's true. It's all tied. Um, and I've learned a lot about personal development through trading as well and handling emotions. And not only, I mean, being able to handle emotions on the trading side helps you on the relation side as well and other sides of your life. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird mm -hmm. to think about it that these weird JPEGs um, can do something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, you know, you share a lot of personal experiences and learnings with the audience. And I hope, you know, if some of you become an NFT trader or even part-time or, you know, just experimenting with it, check out WagMe Labs, check out their social media, check out, you know, all the content that Matia is going to put out or the company is going to put out. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Yazi.